0: In this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, special needs when it does not make me feel so special. The Podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man vs. Marriage And welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, uh, the q Dog, in the Moran Family Studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, say what's
1: up? No, I was going to say hi, honey.
0: Hi, honey. And today we're going to talk to you about something that Jeannie felt was really important, and I concurred once I heard what she had to say, and that is when you have a family with children, or adults for that matter, um, that have special needs, ooh, it can be really, really difficult. Now here the disclaimer i want to make here even though it, i'm probably going to fail at this miserably once i say what it is it's is like this is not an episode to come commiserate about our misery in life no you know, that's not the goal here the goal here is to come and share our heart with what we're going through what friends of ours are going through and there's the hunter man at the door and the sign is on the door The sign is on a door that says we're recording. And don't knock and don't be loud, but there goes the hunter man. Anyway, I don't want this to be about us complaining and commiserating in our misery, but more it's a place for us to come and share our experience, share our heart, vent when it's necessary. Because if you do not have special needs in your family, there's just, there is, it's, it's a challenge to relate to what we're talking about, and I'll give you this idea, and then honey, I will let you take it away, because we have two Jills. We got Jill C. Ray that we're going to talk about, and Jill Anzo that we're going to talk about, um, but I do, it's been a few weeks, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start again today, but it's, it's been a few weeks since Hunter and I have done his Facebook Live where we talk about 10 keys to a great life. People get on there, they see us talk about these 10 keys to a great life. He's very charming, he has a good time, he laughs, he makes other people laugh, he makes people feel great. And that's the plus side of what you get to see. But there are 23 and a half other hours (laughs) that are not on Facebook Live, and those are not always pleasant. They are
1: a mixed bag. (laughs)
0: And lately, they've been very, very unpleasant. To the point where me, a grown man, um, considered one Saturday after Hunter and I were going at it um, in in a verbal meltdown, where I just about walked up to my room and face planted on the floor and decided to cry until I had no more Just no more liquid in my body. I was ready to just cry it all out because it damaged me. And I do know that my son has autism. I get that. It doesn't necessarily make the words any less painful.
1: Yeah. And, And you're going through a time of change right now, too. And I think at the time that those words hit, it was just the last strike of the nail to chisel everything away at that point. And that's, that's the hard part because you're dealing with autism and the boy and life.
0: Well, the, <laughs> the actual last atomic bomb came the next day. Um, but yes, whatever I am doing in my life right now and how I'm trying to advance...
1: You pissed something off. <laughs> the
0: uh, the Cosmos is really pissed about it and wants me to stop. Mm-hmm. But I got the word tattooed to my chest, the word relentless tattooed on my chest for a reason. And it's tattooed in reverse. So when I look in the mirror, I stare at it and I remember that I am relentless in what I do and uh, there was a nice little message that came to me the other day that I printed out to put on my mirror, which is very interesting. We're talking about this anyway, if I read this, it's gonna take us in a different direction, so I won't but um
1: next episode <laughs> just the
0: uh just to set the stage having um having special needs kids is a challenge period but at least thank god at least you get to send them to school during the school year so you get some sense of downtime because when they are at home depending on your l- dynamic of special needs yeah because i can get my i can get my woe is me changed really fast when i come across something on facebook or tv or youtube where there's a child that's never spoken a word in their life, and that parent has never even heard their child say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And then I look at myself, I step outside of myself, and I look at me, and I kick me in my own balls for <laughs> feeling bad, for feeling, you know, the pain that I feel based on the words that are spoken to me. Um, like like Hunter said, all the horrible things that he told me. Um I mean it's gotten it was so horrible at one point where he said he didn't even want my last name before. He's told me that. And for a a guy who has you know, is has a legacy mindset for his only son that that would have had the chance to carry on namesake to say, I don't want your last name, autism or not, that's demoralizing. So I know there's a there's a big pendulum swing here. It goes back and forth. There are some people in our community whose kids are are so severe as far as special needs goes that they may never say a word. So there are things outside of what I even have the ability to relate to. I can only take my situation and say my heart goes out to you. But we want you to know if you have special needs in your home, you are not going through this alone. There are those of us out here who are really feeling the pain of this moment, and it's getting harder and harder, and that causes—that's causing people that we know, even Jeannie, I would say, for their anxiety to start breaking them down as a human being. They—they yeah. they are starting to lose the battle, and when you do that, you feel like you're alone in the world. Sometimes you feel like you're absolutely alone. And that just causes further destruction. And we want you to know that you are not alone in this situation. And that may, you may have never met us before. But understand that in some way we can relate to something you are going through. And we're here to say that we have love in our heart for you. We care about what you're going through. And we, and we are here to bridge the gap. Because we we want you to reach out to us. If you're going through it, just, if nothing else, you can just express your heart, get it out, and then look for a new way to move forward so you can get off the mat. It's what my friends and I talk about if you know boxing. You can take a knee and you could take a standing eight count, and then you can get back to work. Taking a knee doesn't mean you lose. It means you got hit with a punch and you can't keep going for the minute. But you need, you can take a standing eight count after you get up from that knee and then you can commence to going at it again, fighting to win. Honey, take it from there.
1: Well, obviously everybody's going through the COVID stuff. So um, our two have been home since March 13th. And um, we recently were told that they're going to open up their specialized school. You know, only five kids per day, one day a week. Okay, cool. So, the very first day, Kirsten's bus showed up, and she walked out, grabbed her aide's hand, and got on the bus like it was nothing. And we thought—
0: We were worried about her just out. I was panicked.
1: Yeah, because—well, because they first they told us they have to wear the face mask and this and that. Okay, well, special needs here where we're at, there's a little bit of leeway there because, A, I'll just tell you straight up, if you try to put a face mask on Kiki, you're going to get a beatdown. She doesn't like anything on her face, period. So, I mean, a washcloth washing her face is a fight, but they're allowing, as long as the staff is protected, they're allowing that. Now, the other students, some of them will wear face masks or they're keeping them distance, what have you. She got on like she hadn't seen her aide, and it was just like a normal day. Grabbed her hand. Come on, girl. Gets on the bus and she was perfectly fine. No phone, no music, no nothing, which normally we have to lure her on with something. So she did really good. They came home after school, and her aide just bragged about how good she was, how calm she was. Mind you, this is the same child who tries to shut my phone off and throw things when her teacher calls us to do face-to-face.
0: How are you going to go to school and be good and calm and come home and be a, a gorilla?
1: Well, I have to admit the benefit to having her home and having them on the virtual. Now, personal preference, we have declined all except for Hunter's sign language. We have Shut down all services virtually except for schoolwork and sign language. Reason being, it's not feasible for me to do that with this many kids in the house and be as many services as they have, and they're 30 minutes apiece. I would be on my phone with them face to face all freaking day long. No, I don't have the patience for it, nor do I want to get my ass kicked and launched across the room when Kirsten decides that she's had enough. Because usually that's about the 15 to 30 minute mark. It just depends on the day. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting myself in that position. So it was a joint decision between Quincy and I, we will do the classwork with you as much as possible. And we will let Hunter have his one-on-one for his sign language because he has to have a mode of communication. And right now that seems to be the only thing that I have that works to calm him. Like this morning we had a, an issue with him and he started yelling at me. And the first thing I have to do is remind him, I'm mom and you're not allowed to raise your voice at me. hmm and it, it, there's something that clicks when I, when I do that to him, hold on, I didn't make you mad. You're not going to yell at me. I'm going to fix it, but you have to stop. He'll calm down for a second. It takes him a split second to realize, oh yeah, you weren't the one that pissed me off. But if I am the one that pissed him off, good luck. But he, it, sometimes I have to sign with him while we're speaking and it engages something in his brain because now he has to pay attention to my sign language and my speech. And it slows down the process. For It it might just be a second, but sometimes that second, thank God, is enough to open the window and say, okay, dude, chill. Other times, it doesn't work, but at least we have it. Anyway, Kiki did great. Hunter's turn comes to go to school Wednesday. Unbeknownst to us, now he slept most of the day Tuesday. Tuesday night, he didn't sleep at all. And he had two accidents where he didn't make it to the bathroom fast enough. So dad had to get up and help him. Our son is not capable of um, taking care of hygiene and things like that on his own. So that has become an area that has been, been hammered into his head for the last six years or so. Dad has to help him with this. This is not an area for mom anymore because he's a grown man. So that in mind, dad helped him, got him cleaned up, got him back to bed. We heard him doing his voices and scripting a little bit, but we didn't really realize what was being said or what was going on, I don't think. Got up the next morning, dad left for work, Hunter's up, he's pacing the floor, and I can hear him pacing the floor and dropping stuff into the floor. So I went to see what he's doing, he's packing his duffel bag. Family pictures, everything out of his drawers, in this little bitty 20-inch duffel bag. (laughs) And I asked him, I was like, what's going on? Well, I'm packing my bag. It's like, for what? Because I'm going to college. N- n- no, you're not going to college. You're going to school. He's coming to my room. Well, I need to talk to daddy. It's like, daddy's not here. And then he's upset because daddy left without saying goodbye. Well, normally Hunter's asleep when daddy leaves. So daddy didn't know the Hunter needed to see yeah. dad before he left that day. Because I guarantee you, if Quincy knows that Hunter needs to see him, he's going to stop what he's doing and say hi, even if it's a phone call. So long and short of it, he's been hooked on Blue's Clues. Like, religiously for a few weeks. And his favorite episode is Steve goes to college. Mm -hmm. So, we didn't know these things were all coming together. We've been having fireside conversations with the girls because they're in high school. They're getting ready to graduate. We're talking about college and what comes next. And, you know, our girls are getting ready to turn 18. They've got one more year of school after this. What are your plans? You know, when you graduate at 19. Okay. In case you haven't caught it, Hunter's 19. And he's graduated high school. So when we're talking about college being the next step, autism, this wonderful tape recorder in his head, has taken just these simple little facts on top of, Steve went to college, and I'm going to school today, to I'm leaving for college. He worked himself up so much. I honestly think that's what caused his problem. He got on the bus, he got to school, he wasn't there in a little over an hour i get a phone call he had an accident he peed himself and then he had a bowel issue right behind it and he didn't have enough time to tell his aide, hey i gotta go to the bathroom now mind you the bathroom is like 10 feet outside the door so they told me they changed his clothes they got him cleaned up it's not a problem didn't have a fever he's not complaining a stomach ache i explained the situation that i'm pretty sure it's nerves An hour later, I get another call. You need to come get him. He had another accident. They were trying to get him cleaned up. Would I mind coming down and helping clean him up? Because the staff don't necessarily want to deal with that. They just give him wipes and let him clean himself up. Hunter is not capable of this. Mm -hmm. So I explained to them, I will try. But understand, he's going to fight me because it's ingrained in him. Mom does not do this. This is Dad's job. Dad works away from home. Dad's not available right now, so I'm letting them know ahead of time. If he starts fighting me, you're going to have to have a male step in. That that's the only way this is going to work. So his aide was nice enough. Ugh. God bless his aide, special man. I'm telling you, um, he managed to talk Hunter through it with sign language. And helped get him to process what needed to be done. And they got him cleaned up. And um, I brought him home. Once he was home and we got it through his head that you're not leaving home. You're not going to be by yourself. You're not going to college. You're staying here with us and we're going to take care of you. He was fine the rest of the day.
0: Yeah, until I show up and then he's mad at me again for not letting him move to Idaho when he was five years old.
1: Well, okay, so... Lately, Hunter's been scripting, which if you don't know what scripting is, it is a a series of memories, conversations, or things that he thinks are true. And he just says them over and over and over again. And And even if you answer him, if the answer is not what he wants or what he expects, he just keeps going back to the script. That tells us that his autism is in control, that he has no control over what's coming out of his mouth right now. Unfortunately, that does not change the fact that what he says is painful. Yeah. And some of the things that he says, um, he's picked up off of TV shows. He's picked up off of a conversation we've had with another teenager in our house and has decided that, well, it worked for them. And it, it may just be that he picked it up. But that's what we've been kind of dealing with. Now, we, we've had some other changes. You know, In the beginning, with virtual schooling, we made these signs. And they're simple. I found some cartoon characters that Bubba likes and I had him color them. And then I typed out the words, you know, I'll be back in five minutes. I need to use, or I'll be back in a flash. I need to use the restroom. And it was a picture of Dash from Incredibles. Or he has another one that's, um, <laughs> has Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. Cause he's kind of the idiot the, and Hunter loves him because he's not smart. And I just put on there, I don't understand what you're asking me. Please repeat the question. But Hunter recognizes Sheen as not understanding, so it just kind of worked. And we shared this idea with some other parents, and then it kind of went on Facebook into a special needs group that we have here, and several teachers and parents started using them to flash the screen to say, hey, I need a break, Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: uh, this is going on. Because we're at home. When you're in a classroom and you have an aide, the aide manages these behaviors. When you're at home and you are the aide, this doesn't work well when you're mom. I have a specific role. My role is nurturing and protecting and taking care of. I manage the behavior when I have to, but when it's school related, these are behaviors that I don't deal with on a regular. So if he sets off, my initial response is to shut everything down, remove him from the situation fix the behavior, process what's wrong, and then try to go back to it. When he's in school, they redirect, and we come back to task. We redirect, we come back to task. That does not work at home. It just doesn't. I don't have the same tools you have. Come to find out, um, a friend of ours, we'll we'll call her Jill A. for now, because there's two of them. Um, Her son is younger than ours, and he is also... He's higher functioning on some things, but he is also kind of in the moderate range, I think. Also autistic. He cannot handle virtual school. He needs the hands-on, tactile, experiential learning. He needs the physical with the schoolwork. He has to. It's the way that his brain works, and it calms him because he's doing something. At home, he has to sit at the computer to watch all of the instruction To try to do all the work, to process through everything, and he can't sit still. In school, it's okay for them to pace a room because this is the way their classrooms are designed. If I need to pace while I think, it's okay to pace while I think. Well, when you're getting instruction on a computer screen, you can't pace while you think because you can't keep eye contact with the teacher. You can't see what the teacher's doing. And this is frustrating this child to no end. He doesn't get the breaks like he normally does during instruction because it's, you got X amount of time per teacher for this, that, and the other. They're changing classes. He's in middle school. So it's a constant, there's no, there's like five minutes between class times, but it's all virtual. So he logs in, he logs out, he logs in, he logs out. There's no break. Lunch break is not really a lunch break because you're eating in front of a computer screen. Yeah. So this particular mom, I did not know this was happening until recently much like me, is dealing with anxiety and stress levels that are way beyond normal.
0: Very unhealthy.
1: And um, she does bodybuilding, and she does fitness training, and she is very, very good at keeping herself healthy. And COVID hit and knocked autism on its ass, and that just spun everything in her life. Now she's got two other kids who are also homeschooling. One is younger, and one is high school. So this is a, a very dynamic. Dad works outside of the home. He helps when he can, which is awesome. He's really, really great with his son. I've seen it myself. It, his son responds very, very well. But when you don't have that all the time, mm-hmm. it, you, you, can't, you, you can't switch off. Like Quincy and I have a deal. When he comes home, he takes over Hunter they go into boy time they go into shower they they have a routine that they try to keep as best as they can while i cook dinner and do the other things but it gives me a breather because i'm gonna tell you hunter is on me 24 7 all freaking day long mom 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 so when quincy comes home it's like dad 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 i love you here he's yours (laughs) kirsten is just kind of whoever is available that's who she's going for at the moment but she's pretty content at the moment so this other mom i shared with her the inner size book from um, john assarab the other day she was just having a horrible moment and i was like you know what i don't know if this will help you i know that that they are a faith-based family and this guy he he has faith but he's not very specific as to his religious beliefs there are some things that he talks about that tells me that it it's more of a universe thing than a god thing which is fine So I explained it to her and said, if you can handle that and some of the language, check this guy out. I think it will help you come to find out it's actually helping her quite a bit. Um, But her anxiety had gotten so bad that she was derailing her nutrition. She was derailing her workouts. She just could not get a hold of things. So it was helpful. It kind of sucks when you put stuff out there on Facebook and places like that. I think more so just because we don't want that vulnerability. We don't want people to see the shit side of autism. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people are like, oh, special needs is a gift. I am not that person. Okay. There are parts of autism that I think are beautiful because there are times when Kirsten might laugh at something or sense something that we don't. And you look at things a little different. I love those moments. They are not as often as you would think. And it's not that I'm saying autism is horrible. Everybody's is different. But for us right now in the last six months, particularly in the last three weeks, it has been hell on us mm-hmm. and on the dynamics of the house. I can't even imagine what it is for our son. Right. I, I have no idea how fast the gears in his head are spinning right now, but they're obviously spinning because he he's grasping onto script.
0: Well, if you, you know, just by his... Actions, the look on his face, and the way that he paces when he talks, he is, he is amped up. He is pissed. He is revved. And, um, you know, one thing that uh, Jeannie didn't say is that he has a cousin who was born uh, same day, same year, same hospital, just about an hour and a half later than him so it's his younger cousin and she graduated and she went to college and he knows this
1: and she drives a car
0: and she got and she a, has job, a job and these are things that she has but he does not have and so when she's telling you that he sees these things he takes them in the guy truly has no real concept of time because he talks he's 19 And he'll talk about last week when he was five years old. So in that sense, he has no concept of what time and how it's relative to where he is now. I mean, he could tell you if it's morning or night, you know, the daytime or the nighttime. He could tell you that. He knows that. But (coughs) otherwise, he has no real concept of time. So those disappointments when they get on script, it's like he's reliving that stuff. In the moment and the emotions gets, come back. It gets brutal. It gets brutal. And then I know you were talking about Jill Anzo or Jill B and what she was putting out and what she's going through. Hers is a
1: little different. That's that I was talking about Jill A. I know. Jill Jill B is trying to work with um hers is high school. And the accommodations are now, don't get me wrong, I know the schools are working with what they can. And he has a lot of accommodations. He He is um, book smart. He can suck in information and spit it back. He cannot write it properly, and he cannot read large quantities of information at a time it won't stick. and it's a frustration for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, and he's supposed to have notes provided. Things like that. Well, that's not available at the moment. And so her issue has been meltdowns and freakouts because it looks like a lot to him when he sees all the math problems or he sees all the words that are coming up on the screen and his, she's trying to scribble his notes for him. And the hard part is, yes, he could do some of the stuff for himself, but he can't do it at the pace the teacher's giving it. Mm-hmm. So mom's having to do that for him and at the same time trying to help him break down the lesson to understand it. And unfortunately, his autism is very physically aggressive. When he goes into meltdown mode, he physically attacks. And so she is trying to buffer anything she can to keep that part from happening. And she's fighting with the school but the school can't change what's going on. There, there's a limitation. And this is the hard part, I think, for a lot of people is in the special needs community, there are a lot of parents who go immediately to, I'm going to state, I'm going to bring you up on charges, I'm going to complain about this, I'm going to go to the district. Blah. They go after people to try to fix what the child needs. If he was in school and these things were happening and he wasn't receiving the proper accommodation, absolutely. I agree with you. Go to bat for this. Given the circumstances we're in, the schools are limited on what they can and cannot provide. And a teacher one teacher cannot fix all of these things in a gen ed class.
0: And we're all we're in we're all all of us us you know, Jill A, Jill B, and the other people within the special needs community, sadly, because their hands are tied and they don't know what to do, are left to pick up the pieces mm-hmm. of what this is. It is not, it's just not the same for them. And at school, when they have one-on-one or they have these particular...
1: um, Here it's called strategies classes.
0: Or they have these particular, whether it's strategies or they have... Uh, their um, particular services, where they have people that help them, whether it's speech or um, I can't think of the word. OTPT right now. P-T yeah, adaptive. Maybe. Yeah, well, you have all those services where people come in that are professionally trained. Um, it's hard enough for them to work through it, but then you give you put that bad guy responsibility, so so to speak, on the parent. It just it shuffles the dynamic in a worse way. And then it's like, Okay, you need to figure this out, school and they're saying we have no path to figure it out because our hands are tied based on what the government says is, you know, acceptable. So it all it does is it turns into a stew full of complication.
1: It's a huge divide is what it is.
0: And it and it really wears on the parents because when the computer goes off, the parents are still at home with the kids and you can't turn you can't necessarily turn from teacher's aid teacher and switch off to now oh. remember I'm just mom now or I'm dad. Just remember that. So it's been a grueling experience for the special needs community that we're connected with. And I I would say there's a lot of success looking at Kirsten who Started off at less than five minutes and now can get up to like 30 minutes of time on on a good day. Um, and Hunter, very he's very social anyway, so he would be there probably talking the entire 30 to 40, 50 minutes. They turn his mic off, and he's (laughs) just continually talking and not listening. Um, but it's been extremely challenging. It doesn't appear that you know, from the administrative side, it was. Extremely well thought out, but they really didn't have a ton of time to game plan for this. And maybe people, other people like you out there, maybe you had services that were coming to your house. Whether it was for health or OT or Mm -hmm. PT or Mm -hmm. any of these things. And those have changed. And when you change somebody's normal routine, it's not in the special needs world. You just don't recover from that in a day or a week, sometimes a month, or sometimes even more. And when somebody is, even though they're going to school, they're getting on a bus, they still get some semblance of independence because they get to leave the house. Yeah. And they need to come back. And right now, they're cooped up. Now, other states around our country are actually open, and their kids are going to school. California remains closed. So it just... It's. It seems like it's something that's creating more and more frustration within our household and with our two that are special needs. I think you know Hannah is handling it pretty good because she's still going. She's high functioning enough. She's still doing the school. She's
1: actually doing better with virtual school than she did being on campus. And I think that's because the drama factor yeah of trying to fit in and having friends and and trying to um, figure out who she is amongst all sorts of different types of people has been eliminated from her. And now her teacher is smart. The she, most of her classes are sped except for one or two, but her teacher has been turning off the cameras unless they're talking to you specifically. So you can see the teacher and you can hear the voice of the person talking, but you cannot see the person unless that person is being spoken to specifically. And that eliminates a lot of distraction for her. Yeah. But she's also learned through this how to navigate going to find help. Mm -hmm. And she's got people who are, they can um, screen share. So the teacher is able to actually show her how to click and what to do and where to go to process through how she needs to do her work. I mean, this is the highest grades she's had.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: in her whole life. And she's actually doing, I mean, she's proud of herself, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. The other aspect of all of this, and this is kind of why I said to Quincy that we needed to do this. All of this takes a toll on everything, but ask yourself, what toll is it taking on your marriage? Mm-hmm. And here's why I say that. Quincy and I have been struggling with our communication, um, just being completely Vulnerable and, and transparent in this because things are high right now. Stress is high. Anxiety is high. I have a tendency to shut down when I'm in this position and I'm trying to work through that. Um, both of us are drained and tired and exhausted. So sex is kind of on the back burner. It's been, it's it's been, you know, normal for us is several times in a week because we need that connection to get through all this other shit that's going on. And we've been so tired that we've been neglecting that. Mm-hmm. And that takes a huge toll on our marriage because that that is a, a huge staple for us mm-hmm. to keep things together. The other part is our conversations. Our in-depth conversations lately have been what's going on with Hunter and how is your heart with everything that was just said. And then it goes into how do we help him? How do we fix this? Then there's other issues and dynamics in the house that were, I'm offloading my stuff because I don't know what to do with this. And I don't know how, I don't know if I'm being emotional. I don't know if I need to fix something. I don't know if this is a conversation that needs to take place with the kids. It's a lot of stuff. So a lot of our personal in-depth quality time has turned into business. Because yeah. that's what's in front of us and that's the loudest voice. So the reason I wanted to bring this out is because we're noticing it now and we're we're making changes in that. And um, I think I, I wanted to make sure that the people listening, if this is what's going on, please take a minute and sit down with your spouse and have a one-on-one and say, okay, I see this pattern coming. I see this happening and redirect it. Because if you let that pattern go for too long, Quincy and I can attest, it will become your norm. Yeah. Before you even realize it, it will sneak up and it will take over. And then you'll realize your quality time is not really quality time.
0: No, it's just offloading all of your frustrations. It's business. About (laughs) family business. And uh, there's got to be a point. uh, There's got to be a point where you have to hit pause on that. It's not gonna go away but you have to hit pause on that and get a mental break and then you know it's really hard to go from a demoralizing conversation about your son and how the horrible things he said broke you broke your spirit and then go straight into oh but let's have sex that's really difficult i mean And I might be the only one, but when I'm demoralized and I'm mentally exhausted and there are, you know, pressures from work that combine with pressures from home and then other pressures that combine from, you know, family outside of your home. And it's like, how, how is this supposed to work? How do I get in the mood? Now there's a few things Jeannie could do to get me in the mood no matter where I am.
1: Yes, but if you are mentally and emotionally exhausted.
0: Yeah. The battery runs out fast.
1: Well, and it and it's hard to get that true connection. Yeah. We're getting the physical but but that it's don't get mad, but it becomes an act of service rather than a moment of connection. And that's the difference that that's what I'm trying to point out is when you start noticing these things are going on, maybe you're not noticing it. Maybe this is your first, Oh crap. You know what? She has been kind of pulling back. She has been really testy lately. Maybe you've been testy lately. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's been a few snap comments here and there. I'm guilty. I'm the first one to admit He made a comment yesterday and I just about ripped his head off and it wasn't, really anything to rip your head off about. It just happened to hit me the wrong way at the moment.
0: It's a good thing but you didn't because I'd have probably went back to rip your exactly. head off. Exactly.
1: We were we like I said, tension is high. We may just need to have a weekend in Vegas and screw everybody.
0: <laughs> no, I only screw you, honey. That's I'm not, not what going I meant. to Vegas to screw a bunch of people. That's
1: not what I mean, smart I ass. But uh, the point is if these things are becoming overwhelming, A, it's not the kids' fault. And that's right. the hardest part for me to remind myself is he's not doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mean the words that are coming out of his mouth, although the emotion behind it may feel like it, I don't really believe he understands a lot of what he's saying. He is going off of a script, but it doesn't take the pain out of it. So I you know,
0: I'm I'm confused there because I think he does mean it but he doesn't realize that it didn't just happen. Yeah. And he does not know how to let it go because I I looking it in his eyes the dude is reliving it. So it's he can't compartmentalize it to a to a place to say, "Oh, this was 14 years ago." And I understand because we talked through it for 15 minutes yesterday. I understand. Why? You said, no, I can't move to Idaho. I understand that. But when he thinks about it, it's happening again.
1: Well, what I mean is when he says things like um, that day that he told you he you were a bad dad, okay? I don't believe that he means those words. I think he's just pissed off at what's running through his head. Because when you ask him about certain things, his answer... Hunter, who helps you with your shower? Dad. I have to wait till dad gets home, right? Yes. Okay. He wants to do something. He'll ask me. I can, I can, daddy will take me, right? I can do this with daddy. It's not, it's not that you're a bad dad. I think he's just got so many negatives running in his script. Mm -hmm. And you're the one constant in that script. I mean, honestly, y'all need to know the reason he wants to go to Idaho is because Grammy and Papa live there. My parents are retired, and my father is a grown child. He'll tell you himself. The man has never grown up. He buys his toys, and he plays with them. That's He's retired. He's allowed to. But our son saw this side of him, and Papa doesn't say no. You want ice cream? Sure, no problem. You want candy? Let's go to the store. You want to ride the ATV? Let's go. Okay, mind you, my son should not be anywhere near an ATV right now. Period. My dad, this is, this is the mindset. My dad was going to let our son drive a go-kart while my dad was in the passenger seat. Do you know how long it took both Quincy and I to convince my 60-something-year-old father at the time? He cannot sit in the driver's seat of a go-kart. I don't care that your foot can reach the pedal. He cannot drive the go-kart. Well, it's just across the street. Yeah, and so is the wall to the other house. No, this is not... This is what I'm telling you. He has it in his head that Papa is the fun guy. And the fun guy moved to Idaho when Hunter was five. That's where all this stems from. His life was spent... He spent probably 60% of his life at my parents' house the first five years.
0: Yeah, well, all with all of the, you know, pregnancy complications... Yeah, you
1: know. it's not it it it's not a bad thing, but then that was all ripped away from him and completely changed, mm-hmm. and that's when his autism really started to kind of lock in. And unfortunately, ages zero to five,
0: that's, those th- are, the, those most are the, the
1: most impressionable years. Well, guess what? This impression sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a uh, it's something that just continues to happen now you know we got it we have to wrap this up soon but you know if your if your child is has special needs and it's you know more of a health crisis or a health um burden and maybe you have had to take over that particular health care because people weren't able to come into your house or however you know however your state worked that. Um, maybe it was the, you know, the OT where they come in and they work one-on-one. The, the hard part is, is that all that work goes into regret, regression. And now the things that were a routine and the progress that was made may have taken a step back. If, if that is your only child, maybe you were able to keep it up for us, for, you know, Our situation, for Jeannie, it's one against nine. You know, and that is, as just basic teaching would be fine, but for something that is so hands-on, she's outnumbered, clearly. And so there's going to be some regression. Probably, in this instance, maybe mostly with Hunter, because Kirsten got on the bus, which we thought she was going to fight and bite and, you know, kick and punch. She got on the bus... She maybe she just like, I'm out.
1: I, I don't blame out. her. I do not blame her. Trust me. If I could have got on the bus and taken off, as long as it wasn't taking me to a classroom full of other kids, I would have gone too.
0: <laughs> well, you know, one of the one of the most important points we gotta make is that these are we are some people who can understand what you're going to and maybe not maybe not necessarily understand it all, but can just relate you're not alone in this situation you're not alone in this and you're also you don't have to suffer alone there is a way to connect with us where you can just pour your heart out and if nothing else sometimes that's a strategy you can use just to lighten your load
1: so here's a couple things I would suggest that work that help for us one is if you realize that you guys are in this position and these things are happening, please sit down with your spouse and have a one-on-one. And the first thing I would suggest, where's your heart? How is your heart feeling in all of this? Because I can tell you that one question changes my perspective in the conversation very quickly from how's the house? How are the kids to how am I? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you'll get a more honest answer. Second, you have got to take time for yourself. For me, it's taking a bath and reading a book. Sometimes I shut down and I play my farm game. Lately, I've been, when I'm cooking dinner and Quincy's on the road coming home, I will start the barbecue, throw his food on, and I'll sit out by the fire pit with a fire and listen or watch one of the Ed Mylets, or I will sit and listen to music or write in my writing journal. Or sometimes I just sit there and be quiet. But I need that time it's I'm not going anywhere if the kids need me I'm still here but I need that break I I just need quiet being up in my room and working on my book and doing so I'm still very present in the moment of what's going on in the house being outside by the fire pit for 30 minutes by myself is just me and quiet and I love it Um, it also helps me to keep from getting pissed off when I don't need to be (laughs) Um, the other thing make sure that you guys are meeting each other's needs if it's quality time Quincy and I have made it a point lately Tuesday nights are date night the kids know mom and dad are gonna have dinner upstairs we're gonna watch a movie we might watch a movie we might sit and have a conversation it just depends but we make it a point to let them know we're having a date night now obviously if you have smaller kids you might have to make your date a little later in the evening You know, maybe set their bedtime an hour earlier that night and maybe set a movie up for them where they're in a room and contained and you can go have a date night in the living room Mm -hmm. where you're still close, but it's, you know, shut down time. You have to make those things a priority. If you are like me and you need an out, find someone you trust to talk to. Even if you're calling to say, I just need you to, to listen I need to offload this. You're not picking on your kid and you're not bitching about them. You are just letting out the stress Mm -hmm. that's spinning in your head. It's the inner voice that's telling you all of these bad things that you think about yourself. Get them out and let somebody that you trust reaffirm to you. This is not who you are. This is just the circumstance speaking to you. I have three that I trust wholeheartedly that I can call. Or show up in any given moment and say, oh my gosh, this, that, and the other with my kid. And they know, they know that it's not my heart about the child. It's just the situation. That would be my my biggest suggestion. And if you guys can figure out a way to um, get as much routine as you possibly can, as much structure as you can to fit your dynamic. Our dynamic is very different. Obviously we've got nine kids going on. So it's not like I have every moment of the day structured, but even if you just structure an hour, this is school time. This is what's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Work it out with the school. This this is what we can do. If your kid can't make it the full six hours, then let them know that and work with them, work with the teachers. Maybe you can do 10 minutes per teacher to get the instruction and then get a packet of work sent to you. Some schools are allowing that where they'll send you a work packet you do a 10 minutes on the computer, the teacher gives you the instruction or emails you the instruction and you work at the kid's pace. Find what works for you and what works for your child, but do not for any reason feel like you absolutely have to do everything that government is telling you to do. These are your kids. Right. You raise them, you teach them and you do what you can because ultimately you're mom and dad. When all this is over, when school's finished, you're still mom and dad. And you need to mm-hmm. maintain that that safe place with your kids as mom and dad.
0: Well, there you have it. <coughs> Thank you, honey, for this episode and for coughing into the microphone. I always shirt. appreciate when you do that. Your shirt is only a barrier to the things I really love to look at.
1: It's your shirt anyway. It uh-huh. is my
0: shirt. It is not a barrier to sound to keep your coughs out of the microphone
1: shut up that's what ashley's for love <laughs> you
0: <laughs> she doesn't do that type of producing <laughs> anyway here we go for this special episode of man versus marriage i am quincy moran she is Jeannie moran and this is man versus marriage the podcast How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.